Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Proverbs 8, verse 33. I hear pages. Everybody there? Proverbs 8, verse 33. Let's read. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Remember last week when we were speaking about foundations and about shaking, he said, refuse not he who speaks from heaven, okay? Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed, somebody say blessed. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Now I want you to notice this verse right here. It says, for whoso findeth me, findeth life have you ever heard a better reason than to find the lord amen let's read it again said for whosoever whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor who who wants favor with the lord amen i just i feel that i feel that scripture and i said for whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord, but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul, and all they that hate me love death. I want to speak to you for a few minutes here tonight on the, the topic you don't find what you don't look for. Amen. You don't find what you don't look for. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God. We thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the mercy, Lord, that you've shown us today and in our lives, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would have your way tonight, Lord. Lord, bless your word as it goes forth, Lord. Bless the bless it as, a, as we break the bread of life, Lord, that we may it may be imparted to our soul, that we may be changed tonight in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we've all looked for things in our life. I mean, um, if you're trying to hurry out the door and you can't find your keys, you're not going anywhere, right? So you look for them, all right? Um, me, I've misplaced my keys a time or two. Um, I don't know if you guys have never done that. Uh, your wallet, you know, lose your wallet, you're going to look for it, amen? Uh, you lose your, oh, heaven forbid we lose our cell phone. We're going to look for that because people may not be able to get a hold of us right when they want to, or we might be able to not be able to check our Facebook status or our uh, notifications or whatever it may be. Or, you know, you might be looking for your glasses. There's been times uh, when I wore glasses that, you know, you, you stumbling around. You can't do much without your glasses if you need them. My wife would say, amen. <laughs> we go to the restaurant and she says, you have to read the menu for me because... I forgot my glasses. Somebody say amen. But depending on how much you need the item determines how much you're going to look for it. Okay? If you're just 
rummaging around for your favorite t-shirt that you like to wear on Saturdays, and you can't really find that, you know, no big deal. Hopefully you have other t-shirts, Brother Charlie, okay? But if it's something that you have dire need of, if it's something that means something, if it's something that's going to hold up the process of whatever you're trying to do, how many knows you're going to look a little harder for that thing? Somebody say amen. So the length that you go to looking at tells us or tells people how important that thing is to you. Amen. If you call up your buddy and say, hey, come over here, I, you know, help me find this. I, you know, looking one time uh, Tara and I went to the high state fair with some friends and she gave me the keys to her, her car and we all rode up in and we were, oh, enjoying the night and riding the rides and, and she likes fair food. We were eating fair food and, and we went to go home and I didn't have the keys anymore. Amen. So we went looking and we looked under every ride and we, I mean, for hours and the people, we had the people there that were working, looking for us, help, trying to help us find our keys. You know, we didn't find them. So we had to call somebody to come get us. Amen. But finding it, you know, in that case, you know, that's a pretty important thing because we had to put somebody else out in order to help us out because we couldn't find it. Now, some things that don't matter, but other things will be, could prove to be life and death. Amen. If somebody has asthma and they've misplaced their inhaler and the, they get an attack or something, this could be, we're talking life or death. An EpiPen for somebody that's, that's allergic to bee sting, you know, or your insulin or your insulin syringes, if you're diabetic, could be life and death. So you're going to look a little harder for those things. Somebody say amen. So we've all looked for something, some things that, that we need or that, that we have lost. But then there's things that we like to have, you know. Say, oh, well, I'm looking for a new car. You know, I really kind of like to have a new car. Do I really need a new? Oh, I'm just looking for a new car. Okay. So, we, you know, or, you know, I've been kind of keeping my eyes open, you know, for a, a certain pair of jeans or a pair of shoes. You know, I've been, been looking for this tool. I'm going to, when it's on sale, I'm going to buy it. You know, so there's things, sometimes we look for things like that. Um, my in-laws were uh, antique dealers. And when, so every, whenever somebody would put something in their head, like, hey, if you come across this or this, you know, I'd like to have, I'd be interested in that. So they would open, keep their eyes open or call up the people they know, reach out to the contacts that they had to try to find that item. Okay. There's, there's that kind of looking, but sometimes it's a, it's there, there's a measure of, of sometimes there's a measure. I don't want to use the word luck, but there's sometimes there's a measure of uh, fortune involved to find these things or not. Somebody say amen. So you might say, well, I was blessed to find this car you know, on sale. I was blessed to find these pair of shoes that I need, my work boots or whatever are on sale. Somebody said, right, Brother Trent? It's nice to find things that you need on sale, right? Then there's a lot of people searching for things that they may or may not find. Uh, some folks search their entire life for love. You know, they're trying to fill a void that was left on the inside of them for a reasons that they had nothing to do with. There's people who are, who are they, they, they mistake uh, people's intentions for love towards them so quickly because they're so desperate to find that love that they, that they crave, amen? So they look and they look, they look high and low. Some people try to, to, to find that, that right job. You ever known somebody to try a lot of jobs? Yeah, yeah. How many knows if you're unhappy in your job, that's a big part of your life? And I'd say if you're unhappy in your job, you know, pray. Lord, Lord, I want to, that's a big part of your life. The Bible says do everything as you would unto the Lord, right? But if you're unhappy in your job, you need to find some place of contentment to be for what? A, a big part of your week, right? 
But a career isn't going to f- find the void either, fill that void either, right? There's a lot of people that think that if they can find the right job or the right with the right amount of prestige, that they can ful- they can get a sense of fulfillment in their life or a, a sense of 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 worth or a, 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 a sense of identity. How many ever known anybody they identify with what they do? You know, that's all they want to talk about is their job, what they do. You know, if you're you know, heaven forbid you're a doctor, you're a lawyer or whatever, you know, and that's the most important thing to you in your life. And that's your identity, right? There was a time when that was my identity. What I was trying to do, what I was and what I was trying to be, what I was trying to chase was my identity. Somebody say amen. There's people that search and chase and look for acceptance. Okay. People that want to find just some place that they fit. You know, they've always felt, felt like a, a round peg in a square hole. You know, they've always felt just a little bit out of place in whatever group or whatever place they were. They found themselves in. They never really felt at home. They they were searching for that acceptance. There's people that chase riches. You know, they want that next dollar. You know, how many knows that sometimes when you get that next dollar, all you want is another one. Amen. How many knows that that could get a hold of you? Somebody say amen. Now, not that not that getting paid well or doing well is is bad. I'm just saying, when you chase those things to try and fill something in your life, that that's not what we're, that's a different thing than just having, right? Then there's peace. Anybody ever just want peace? I've I was in a time in my life where I told my wife I I give up anything for just some peace. You know, just be able to lay my head down at night and close my eyes or wake up not in a panic. You know, I would wake up and be in a panic from the time I opened my eyes. Couldn't hardly catch my breath because of all the things weighing down on me, all the things crushing that I was I was cru- being crushed under the weight of. And I would open my eyes on my bed after after a, a, a night trying to sleep and just start hyperventilating and trying to get my feet under me. Somebody say amen. So peace sometimes, though, people search for peace. Amen. But we search for what is going to bring us uh, value or what we value or, or what we feel like is missing. That's what we're going to search for. Somebody say amen. But most folks, even if they find some measure of what they're looking for, a lot of times they just want a little more. You know, there's, there's always a little bit further that they want to reach, that they want to go. Somebody say amen. Peace is very uncommon, by the way. If you've ever spoken to somebody out in the world and uh, you hear a lot about their problems, right? If you have a conversation, if you're very close now, I'm a private person. I don't, I don't, I don't air my dirty laundry or my, I don't cry baby to a lot of people, but the people that the very few people that I do talk to, you know, if I was unhappy, they would know it. Correct. Somebody say amen. So this, these verses in Proverbs, um, we, we start to understand that what exactly that the Lord says we should try to find, right? And Romans chapter 3 tells us, Paul wrote, he said, there's, number one, there's none righteous. No, not one. But the next verse says, and everybody knows that one, right? But the next verse says, none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Now, what's he saying right there? Is he saying that there's no one person on the earth? You know, you didn't seek God until you needed to seek God. Somebody say amen. I said, somebody say amen. You didn't seek God until you needed to seek God. 
right? There was always something else that was more important to you in your seeking than when than uh, than God when it came to your your normal everyday life before you were a Christian, correct? Before you came to that point where you said, "I need God. I got to seek Him because I need Him." Somebody say Amen. So Proverbs here it says, "Blessed is the man." Blessed is the man. Hallelujah. Whoso findeth God, findeth me, he says, findeth life. Can you search for anything greater than life? Can you search for anything greater than something that's going to give you life everlasting? Somebody somebody tell me, is there anything on this earth? Is there anything that any other greater thing that you could look for, that you could, Brother Charlie, you could scour the earth for, that you could, you could, go the high to the ends, the corners of the earth looking for than life. Is there anything? Matthew chapter six, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, right? He, he was talking, he was teaching. He was saying, you know, I know you have, the, the father knows you have need of food. He knows you have need of raiment. Don't take heed. Don't even think about those things. Okay. He's going to provide those for you. Now you may not get uh, ribeye steaks every day. Somebody say, amen. I mean, Elijah was in the middle of a famine, and God sent him to a brook, and the ravens brought him food. And you know what ravens are, right? Okay, ravens are like buzzards, sort of, and they brought him some food to eat. Now, I have to, I have to think that it wasn't rotten food, okay? But how many knows that sometimes relying on the Lord, you're relying on the Lord? Somebody say amen. And Jesus was saying, seek ye first. You know, there's things that weigh on your mind. There's things that are on your plate to do every week. There's things that you know you got to do. You got to, you know, you can look at the look at the month ahead on on March 1st, you'll look at the month ahead and you'll know that you have this bill due on this date, this bill due on that date. This is due then, this is due that. I got to go here, I got to there. I'm getting a haircut uh, next Saturday. I'm getting There's all these things you got to do. And he says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all and his righteousness." And what's he say then? And all these other things will be added unto you. You know, God's not mad about mad at you for being human. Okay, God's not mad at you for, for wanting to do well at your job. God's not mad at you for wanting to have some things while you're here on earth. God's not mad at you for human wants and desires. But he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Okay, seek ye first his righteousness. Okay, now if you do that, there's some of those other things that might fall, fall away all by themselves right? There's some of those things that you're just not going to have time for, right? Because when it comes down to choosing whether or not you're going to seek first the kingdom or you're going to seek this other thing, if you're going to seek the kingdom, it's going to, the other thing's going to take care of itself. Somebody say amen. Matthew, let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. I like a lot of scriptures, if you haven't noticed. Matthew chapter 13, let's read verse 44. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven, if you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're there, <laughs> again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant, man, a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl 
of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, two examples here that we're looking at about the kingdom of God. Okay, he says, seek first the kingdom. Okay, well, this is Jesus's idea of what the kingdom is, right? He says, go and tell, when you go preach, he told the 70 when he sent them out, go preach that the kingdom of heaven has come unto you. Okay, how many knows that Jesus Christ brought the kingdom of heaven to us? Amen. How many knows that we can live in the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Amen. How many knows that he said the kingdom of heaven is within you? Amen. How many knows that if he's reigning and ruling in your life and he's dwelling in you, the kingdom of heaven is dwelling in you? Somebody say amen. I mean, that's somebody say amen louder. Okay, that's something to be excited about. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is come. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is inside you. So he says these two examples, what, you know, he talks about the field. Okay, now what I get, I get out of this part is this, this is sort of accidental. Okay, this guy just happened to stumble onto this field and found a treasure hidden in this field. Now, I don't know how he stumbled across it. Maybe he was trespassing. Uh, maybe he was uh, uh, had like one of those metal detectors, you know, and he's like going through there and he's, you know, it's all beep, 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 beep. You know, he starts digging and he finds a big pot of gold and he looks around and he covers it up. Yeah, I, I don't know. But he's in this field that he doesn't own, right? He's in this field that he doesn't have any reason to, or any right to be in and he finds a treasure there. How many knows that we really, you know, none, we're all sinners, okay? We have no right to the kingdom of heaven, correct? We have no right to be where we are. How many knows, you know, because of divine exchange, I can be who he says I am, right? Because of, the, because of what he did for me, I can, I can be where I am. I can be in the kingdom. This guy didn't have any right in the field, but he found a treasure there, okay? So what did he do? He hid it, okay? Didn't want anybody else getting it. It was important to him, right? It, it was something that was going to change his life. It was something that was worth him not having everything else that he had. Think about it. This, this treasure that he found was so great that it was worth him not being who he was. For, for him not having anything that he had accumulated to that point. He goes, he sells everything that he has to buy this field. That's the first example. Now, the second one's intentional. Okay? The second one, this guy's already seeking pearls. He's already a pearl guy, okay? He's already a, a, a jeweler or whatever, you know, looking for the pearls, okay? But he finds this one pearl of great price, one that makes all the other pearls pale in comparison. When I saw my wife, all other women paled in comparison to her. That's why I was attracted to her, right? So we find this great pearl of price, and it makes all the other pearls worthless to this guy. He only wants that one pearl, right? So it's worth him not having all the other pearls. Are you following me? I see a lot of people shaking their head or some blank looks. Are you following what I'm saying? This pearl that he found, he had already found some pearls, but this pearl that he found was worth all the other pearls combined. So what's he do? He goes and sells everything that he has to buy this one pearl. Okay. Now, what do we pull away from this? We pull away. Both of these things are life-changing, right? Both of these situations are 
both of these situations are a reason to not be who they were. Both of these men saw, had no compunction about going and getting rid of everything else they had to get a hold of what they had found. Somebody say amen. Are you following me? Now, in Matthew 13, we get some context here. When I saw this today, I was amazed. I was just like, it was just like, you ever, the word ever slap you? Has the word ever reached out and just slapped you and said, hey, look here, look at this again. <laughs> Did I just slap myself? <laughs> you read Jesus' teaching. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I'm glad I didn't. That's what I thought. You don't want to say it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Josh has hit me so many times in my life that he don't need to see me hit myself. We've hit each other quite a few times. <clears throat> He's probably hit me more, though. <clears throat> just kidding. Just kidding. So we look at Jesus' teaching that he's talking about here. Okay, when he starts talking about, so he, he tells these two stories of these finding something worth everything else, okay, and he sandwiches it into two other ideas, okay, now let's, what am I talking about, let's read it, okay, verse 36 through 43 says, so Jesus, he had been teaching, okay, so Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, he says, you know, I'm done for the day, you know, time to go get some dinner, kick back for a little bit, he goes in the house, and his disciples came unto him saying, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Now, maybe that was their favorite one. You know, whenever I climb up on my grandma's lap, I wanted to hear the three little pigs. Okay. Maybe that was their favorite parable. I don't know. But he, they said, tell us the parable of the field. And he answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Now. So you get that idea. And then he goes on. He talks. He, he reads the about the pearl of great price and the field. And then he comes back at verse 47 and he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Which, when it was full, they drew to the shore and sat down and gathered the good under the vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Okay. Now, how does this all fit together? Okay. He's saying all the seeds that are planted and grow are not wheat. Okay. Some are tares. Um, you remember the story, the man had the field, he planted wheat, he was hoping to make a harvest, 
And then in the night, somebody went in and planted some tares in his field. The people came in and said, uh, hey, somebody planted some tares in your field. Said we pull them up? They said, nope, you can't pull them up now. But at the harvest, they'll be separated. Okay? Now, he goes on. He says, I want you to follow me here. I'm going somewhere. It says, all the fish gathered in the net are not good fish. Okay? He said he, they, the net just runs through and it catches all kind. Then they take it into the shore. And as they sit down, they start picking through it. This is a good one. This is a bad one. This is a good one. This is a bad one. These two are good. These three are bad. Right? So every fish, what's that saying here? So this chain of events tells me that every person is going to find a different value of what's in that field. Somebody, every person is going to find a different value of that great pearl or that pearl of great price. And when it comes down to it, they're not going to buy the field. They're not going to, they're not going to take all that they have and go and buy the field. They're not going to take all that they have and go and buy that pearl. So what are you saying? They're aware of the treasure. Right? They know pearls, right? They're pearl men. But they come upon this pearl and they said, eh, I know I, I really want that pearl, but I have all these other pearls. Right? Okay. Oh, I, I really want that. What's in that field? Man, that would change my life. But, you know, I have this, these other fields. So what's Jesus telling you? He's sandwiching in between. He's saying some's going to make it and some aren't. Not everybody is going to get saved. Not everybody is going to be in the wheat. Some are going to be in the tares. Some are going to be rooted up, bound together, and cast in the furnace. Okay? They had the opportunity to buy the field. Correct? They had the opportunity to buy the pearl. They were shown. How many knows that the Bible says that, that, the, that the gospel will be preached in the whole world? Amen. Nobody's going to go to hell uh, because of ignorance. You're, if you go to hell, you're going to be go to hell because you heard and you rejected. You saw the you saw the field. You saw the treasure that was in the field. You saw the pearl. You had it in your hands. You you were able. You, it was within your gra- reach to get it, but you didn't want it. You didn't want it bad enough. Amen. And then you're going to find yourself being cast out of the net. You're going to find yourself being cast out with a bad lot. Somebody say amen. Understand that much of what is said in, in Jesus' teachings isn't just about finding him, okay? It's about valuing him, right? Making, putting him in his proper place in your life. First of all, in context of everything else in this world, and then subsequently th- that reflecting in your life. How many knows that if, if Jesus, how, how you value your salvation is shown by how you live. Somebody say amen. How you, amen. How you value what's been given to you is how, is how, I mean, it's, it's easy to spot somebody that isn't quite there yet when you're in the church because they're in and they're out. Their, their, their life is so, is so tumultuous. Everything that comes along smacks them around. Somebody say Amen. So we got to understand, if you don't value what you have found, if you don't value to the place that it needs to be, all, you know, and that's the biggest problem that I find with a lot of the new translations of the Bible, as I've studied, I've been studying that for a long time, is that they, 
all it always seems to try to make Jesus a little bit lesser than he really is. Okay? They all try to make, you know, one of them says, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was a God. Just that one little A changes the whole context of what we're talking about. And if you do any type of, if you look at it for even an hour, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But understand that that's what they want to do. That's the aim. That's the aim is to bring Jesus down just a little bit. Just has to be a little less than what he is. He just has to be, he, he can't be the only way to salvation in a lot of people's lives. He can't be the only way to eternal life. He can't be the only salvation. He can't be the only name under heaven whereby men may, may be saved. He can't be God manifested in the flesh that came and lived the law, that fulfilled the law, that sacrificed himself for us, and who rose again to become our high priest before God the Father. He can't be that because that means that we got to change how we live. That means that we gotta we gotta toe the line a little bit. That means that that that, that whatever this guy over here is telling me isn't true. Somebody say amen. Mm. The shaking we talked about it last week. The shaking's gonna come, and if you don't have your feet under you, you're gonna get shook. And remember what we said last week that the that the the fa- the purpose of the shaking was for to see what would remain. Right? It was gonna shake everything else down. To nothing to see what remains, right? Second Chronicles twelve fourteen. Now, in that same teaching that we were just talking about, this is just kind of a sidebar, but Jesus said there in verse fifty two, he said, He said, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like a man, uh, like a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure something old and something new. We've already talked about the new, and now let's talk about the old. Amen. How many knows we need the Old Testament? Amen. Everything that's in the Old Testament is is applicable to exactly what we're doing. How many can see, how many read the Old Testament and see Jesus? Boy, I do. If you can't, you need to pray. Amen. People that say that the Old Testament is just you just throw that out, you know, all you need that don't know what they're talking about. Second Chronicles chapter twelve, verse fourteen. That was just a sidebar. Second Chronicles twelve fourteen says, talk about Rehoboam, who's Solomon's son. He says, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to what? I'm sorry, I was taking a drink. I didn't hear you. He prepared not his heart to what? Seek the Lord. So he did evil. Okay. Because the reason why he did evil, the reason why, uh, he didn't have the strength to do the right thing. The reason why he made the wrong decisions was because why? He prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Now, Solomon's son knew who the Lord was. And I know Solomon wasn't such a great guy. If you read the, read the scripture, and he fell away, did a lot of things. But I guarantee you that Rehoboam knew who the Lord was. How many knows that I don't care what your parents did, you got to find the Lord for yourself? Amen. I don't care what your brothers and sisters do or what your children do, you got to find the Lord for yourself. He's got to be, amen. He's got to be real to you. Amen. He's got to make himself real to you. So uh, real Boehm, he, first thing he did when he took over, he fortified all of his cities, man. He made his military strong. He listened to all, listened to all his counselors. Okay. He did good. He did good things to his people, but what didn't he do? 
He didn't prepare his heart. Seek the Lord. How many knows that you got to prepare your heart? That means your priorities. That means your wants and your needs. That means your way of thinking. That means the arrangements that's in your life. That means the relationships that exist in your life. That means the routines that exist in your life. That means the habits that exist in your life. That means the thought processes that exist in your life. That means the traditions that exist in your life. That means all the little dogmas that you adhere to that exist in your life, right? That means preparing your heart, casting all that aside to seek the Lord, right? And it takes some work, doesn't it? It takes some work to go against what you want, right? It takes some work to go against what you think you need a lot of times. It takes some work in, inside of you. It takes some prayer. It takes some fasting. It takes some, some pushing yourself down to try to do something else when all you want to do is what you want to do, right? Because there's a lot of times, man, when I, I want to do what I want to do, amen? But how many knows you've got to prepare your heart to seek the Lord? Very important. How many knows that when we come to church service, that we're not here for us? If you're saved and you're part of the church and you're, you're doing anything at all in the church, if you pray, if you, if you, if you are not here for you, okay? And if you are, then you need to pray through. You need to really, really reexamine. Uh, if you have to go to church, come to church and make sure you're here every time to be saved, to stay saved, you need really need to reexamine your life. You need to reexamine your priorities. You need to reexamine how you spend your time. You need to reexamine if you're saved. Somebody say amen. Examine yourselves to see if you be in the faith, they said, right? So you're not coming here for you. You prepare yourself to seek the Lord on your own time. When you come in here, we're doing battle for lost souls. We have church services for lost folks. We have church services for people who need what we have. And if you're spending all your time not seeking the Lord, not preparing your heart, and you come in here and try to do anything under your own power, you might as well stay home. And at times, we all might as well all stay home. Okay? If you understand going forward, folks, this is time, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle in this city, in this state, in this country, in this world. We're in a spiritual battle. We need, it's all hands on deck. Okay, it's time, the, the time of, a, of just sitting on a pew for 30 years and, and then retiring to Florida and, and living out, that's all gone. Okay, the world is turning. The world is changing. It's all hands on deck. It's time. Somebody needs to get a hold of what I'm talking about right now and make, make some changes in what you're doing. Make some changes. Make yourself useful to the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. So understand where we are today and what we're facing. You know, more than ever. You know, we need to seek his face, right? James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. It says, but he giveth more grace. Say more grace. Woo. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This chapter, in verse 8, it says, draw nigh to God. That's something you do. 
that's that's if you're playing tennis, he just hit the ball over the net. Do you? He's waiting for you to return it, right? That's how you play tennis, right? And you play, you get down and play ping pong, you know, and you, they serve you the, the ball. You're supposed to hit it back, right? But he just said, draw night. He said, draw night to God. Okay, that's the ball is in our court. Okay, it's time for us to hit it back. And then what's it say? It says, draw night to God, and He will draw night to you. Have you ever, ever, ever not been in a routine where you're praying? And, and you kneel down. There's been times when there was times when I was praying at the same chair in the basement uh, for a long time. And when I would kneel down, he would be, I would already feel him there. I was praying in the morning, early in the morning at that chair, draw nigh to him. He, he, he wants nothing more than to draw nigh to you. Somebody say to me, cleanse your hands. Okay, if your hands are dirty. If you're doing stuff that you're not supposed to do, if you're thinking things that you're not supposed to think, if you're saying things that you're not supposed to say, if you're going places that you're not supposed to go, if, if, if there's something that's defiling you in his sight, how many knows that there's things that aren't necessarily sin but might defile us? You know, in, back in the law, if you read through the law, there's things that they weren't necessarily called sin, but they were defilements. There were things that made you unclean to come into the presence of the Lord. How many knows there's things that we do you know, things that we put our hands to, things that we uh, associate ourselves with that can defile us when it comes to the presence of the Lord. Somebody say amen, because there are things that might not, you know, you say, well, that's, that's really not a sin. Well, it just depends on where it is. With, you know your heart, okay? God God will tell, talk to your heart. He, he'll tell you what, what, what it is and what it isn't, right? It's time to cleanse our hands. Cleanse our hands. Wash your hands. Ye sinners. <laughs> Woo! I thought he was talking to saints here, right? He says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. What's that? If you look up the word right there, uh, it's, it actually means double-souled. You're, you're two-faced. You're one way, one thing, one way the next, or one way in front of this group of people and one way in front of this other group of people. You're one way in front of your family, and then you're one way in front of this group, or one way at church, and one, that's double-minded. That's double-souled. That's that's not walking the walk. Amen. That's not being pure. That's not being pure. That's not cleansing your hands. Somebody say amen. It says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. How many knows there's something to weep for? Is there not something to mourn for? I mean, every day babies are being killed is that not something to weep for if there was nothing else if the, and there's scads of things if there, was, if there was nothing else other than that is that not something to hit your knees and weep for remember the reading i think it's in ezekiel when the lord's going to destroy the city but the bible said in the vision he uh, he gave uh, he, ezekiel saw the angels and he gave him a he gave uh, one angel an ink horn with ink and he said fly through the city and I want you to set a mark on all the men who sigh and cry for the abominations that are done therein. Because those people I'm going to spare. Okay? So, is there a reason to sigh? Is there a reason to be concerned? You know, you say, well, there's really nothing I can do about it. You can pray. You can mourn. You can weep. You can cry. You can be sad about it. Amen? 
Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Somebody say amen. You know, Job said, uh, what was it, uh, chapter, chapter 23, maybe? It says, I have esteemed the words of thy, of thy mouth more than my necessary food. He's talking about, keep, he has kept himself righteous before the Lord. He said, the words of his mouth, he's esteemed more than his necessary food. Now, what does that mean? Yikes. Who was he seeking after? What was he looking for? You know, was the pearl of great price of great price to Job? Sounds like it to me, right? Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Ask, it shall be given. There's no reason not to grow, folks. There's no reason not to be the same place you were last year. There's no reason to be at the same, on the same rung of a ladder that you were last week, right? There's no reason to be there. There's, if you're, how many knows if you're not moving forward, you're, you're not, you can't really stay still. There's too much turbulence. You ever try to, to stand on something and there's wind blowing, you know? There's, there's, there's too much turbulence to not move forward. You got to move forward, okay? You got to keep remembering. There's no reason to be who you were yesterday, last week, last month. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you shall find, right? You just got to look, you know? Look, you'll find it. Knock, it shall be open. Anybody, anybody crave revelation? Does anybody desire to see the Lord more clearly? Does anybody desire that? Ask him, seek him, knock. It shall be open to you. He said, he's, he's not saying, hey, well, if, if you do this and do this. He's just saying, ask me. Just ask. Okay? All you got to do is ask, right? For everyone that asketh, what? Receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And he that knocketh, it shall be opened. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you will. I pretty much beat it in the ground, didn't I? <laughs> what are we seeking for? What do you desire? What do you want? What do you what do you what do you what do you want with next week? What do you want from tomorrow? What do you want from uh, next year, this year, next year? What do you want in your family? What do you want in your town? What do you want in your life? Uh I don't, I don't know, I don't want to be out of line here, but I just feel like I need to say this. We need growth in our assembly. And, you know, uh, I don't mean numbers. I mean individual growth. Like we need folks growing up and stepping up. We need folks, we need to, to grow as a body in spirituality. We need, uh, as a body, we need to grow in discernment. Okay, as a body, we need to grow in faith. As a body, we need to grow in obedience. Somebody say amen. Sometimes the presence of the Lord is so great in here during our services. I mean, it's so powerful. And I, I, I feel that as soon as the music starts, we start playing. You know, as soon as, as, soon as you know, the prayer or whatever, 
you can just feel the power of God. Pre, the the minister, uh, pastor comes and he delivers the word with such power, with such anointing, and it just fills the place. But it seems like it come, we all come to a point where God wants to really do something, and it's almost like a like we come to a point, like a a, a point where I don't want to say we hit a wall because God doesn't hit walls. But he's fulfilled everything that we've been obedient to to that point. Is that is that the best is that the best way that I could say it? We need to grow. You know, there's gifts of the spirit. Okay, there's God wants to heal folks. And I'm not talking about, you know, just making lame people walk, which I'm sure he wants to do. I'm talking about healing people from their addictions. I'm talking about healing broken folks who need the Lord. But if he can't get us to obey, he can't get us to do what we're supposed to do, to seek, to grow, to, to find what we're supposed to find, to be who we're supposed to be. And then how can he send us anyone? I mean, I, I don't mean to, we, we just, we, we, we've come to a point where we need to step it up. We need to seek. I, I, I was, con- you ever been convicted by your own message, man? I was convicted today, you know, and it added to my bad day, right? Because I had a pretty bad day up to that point. And then the conviction hits me. And I'm like, not doing what I'm supposed to do. Not, not to, you know, I, I do things, but not to, not to the fullest extent of my ability to do it. I fall short. I fall short. And I repent. I repent for that. But we as a group, we need to press on, man. We need to reach on, upward, onward, and upward. Okay? God wants to do something great. He wants, there's a lot of people that need him right in this vicinity. I mean, what if, what if we, we started growing? What if the spirit of the Lord could come into our midst and work how he wants to? What if, what could happen? Whew. Possibilities are endless. His thoughts are way above our thoughts. Whatever we think he could do, he can do 10 times that. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you do for us, Lord, every day. Lord, the protections, Lord, that you place you place in our lives without us even knowing it. Lord, the mercy that you have daily. Lord, how you put up with our nonsense, Lord. You put up with our laziness, Lord. You put up with our neglect. You put up with our double-mindedness, God. Such mercy you show, Lord. Help us, God. Help us to reach a new level. Help us to do something, Lord, that we've never done. Lord, help us to believe in a new way, Lord. Help us to believe you in a greater and mighty way. For we know, Lord, you're never the problem, Lord. It's always us. God, I repent right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me to seek after and find what I'm supposed to seek after and find, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons.
If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.